Hi, and welcome to Real Estate Keeping It Simple. Your host, Ray Dove with Remax Eastside Brokers. Hope everyone's having a great week. I thought since we're heading into the end of the year that we should maybe talk about some basic things in terms of how to delay possible taxes that you might owe in terms of capital gains on your primary residence or maybe you have an investment property and you're trying to sort out the proper way to defer those capital gains. So let's talk a little bit about the sale of your primary residence. Now today I'm going to read some of the information I have so that it becomes very clear and concise to help you. And of course, like all things, you really have some really deep questions or you have a complicated tax possible consequence, always seek out the advice of an attorney and and, or your certified public account, your CPA. I'm just going to give you a broad look at the scenarios so you at least have a benchmark in which to work from. I am not a tax uh, exchange facilitator. I am not an attorney. I'm not a CPA. Just a day-by-day real estate agent trying to help uh, my clients and my listeners understand some of the the steps of selling a home, buying a home, trying to defer taxes on this particular podcast. So let's talk about the sale of the primary residence. It says here, if you buy a home and a dramatic rise in value causes you to sell it within a year, you would be required to pay capital gains tax on that gain. This rule does, however, allow you to convert a rental property into a primary residence because the two-year residency requirement does not need to be fulfilled in consecutive years, which is a plus. For example, suppose that you invest in a new condo. You live in it for the first year, rent the home for the next three years, and when the tenants move out, you move back in for another year. At the end of the five-year period, you will be able to sell your condo without having to pay capital gains tax as an investment property. So on the capital gains tax, the restriction is that you can only benefit from this exemption once every two years. So you can't do it every year like you're flipping a house. Therefore, if you have two homes and lived in both for at least two of the last five years, you won't be able to sell both of them tax-free. The Taxpayer Relief Act of 1997 has been beneficial because uh, it has significantly changed the implications of home sales. So what does this mean to you in terms of dollars and cents? If you are a single person, you get the first $250,000 of capital gains exempt. If you're a married couple, you get $500,000. How do you calculate that? Well, you take what you paid for the home plus all the costs to acquire the home, like loan fees, discount points. Then you also add any things you did to improve the property, and that would be your cost basis. And then what you sell it for minus selling expenses and what you paid to have it get ready for market. Take that amount minus your cost basis, and that's going to be your net equity. And once again, if you're single, you get $250,000 tax-free. If you're a married couple, you get $500,000 tax-free. You could do that, like they say here, on a regular basis, but you just can't do it within two years. So you can do one today, and if you do it five years from now, that's okay. You do it five years later on another property, and that's okay. Let's talk about 1031 tax-deferred exchanges. What are those? So if you have a rental property, or you took your primary residence, rented it out for five years, then it automatically turned into an investment property. You want to sell that property, but you don't want to pay any capital gains tax. Well, you really can't. You sell it, pay capital gains if you're not going to buy another investment property. Yet, if you buy another investment property, you could defer that capital gain for some time 
in the future. So whether you'll take the, the capital gains later when your tax rate is less or gets passed on to your heirs when when you pass on and your estate gets distributed. So here are some basic rules of a 1031 exchange uh, that you should be aware of to, to get you started. Title to the replacement party must be in the same name as title to the relinquished part property. So the property you sold, whatever your name was on that property, has to be the same on the new one that you're going to acquire. Investment or business real estate that qualifies under this includes land, commercial property, such as shopping centers, office buildings, industrial property, dis- uh, distribution centers and warehouses, as well as residential rental properties. So it's when they say like for like, it's investment for investment. It doesn't have to be how for house, it could be house for investment land, house for investment commercial. It has to be investment for investment, from what I understand. Property used as a personal residence only does not qualify for 1031. The U, uh, in the United States, the IRS requires that the business or the investment property located in the United States also be replaced by property also located in the United States. They have provisions of doing foreign investments, but I'm not going to get into that today. One of the terms you may hear on a 1031 tax exchange is called a boot. What is a boot? The value of the replacement property is less than the value of the property you just sold. The difference is called a boot because the investor did not transfer all of their gain to the replacement property. Capital gains tax on the boot must be paid for the year the exchange took place. So be careful of that. You sell a $600,000 home, then you buy a $400,000 home. You're going to have some boot implications and you're going to need to seek legal advice and accounting advice. There's some basic timelines you need to follow within a 1031 to make it valid. And in order to make it valid, you have to get a tax-deferred facilitator to handle the steps and the processes that are required by the Internal Revenue Service. So here's some timelines. 45 days from the date that you sale, close escrow of the relinquished property, you have 45 days from that date to identify one or more replacement properties. Once you've done that, you have 180 days from the time your property is sold and closed escrow to close on the purchase of one of those identified replacement properties you have. There's other types of 1031 exchanges that you might want to look into. One's called a delayed tax deferred. There's a reverse and a build to suit exchange. All those I'm not going to get into. Those I would suggest you talk to a facilitator or to your accountant. So here's seven simple steps as a reminder of what to do on a tax-deferred exchange. Property must be like-kind real estate of the same nature or character but can differ in type. Real estate must be used for investment or business purposes, not as a personal residence and not as a stock and trade. Placement property must be of equal or greater value than the property being relinquished. Title the property relinquished property and the replacement property must be in the same name. Placement properties must be identified in what we just had about 45 days and closed escrow within 180 days. I know some of it is a little repetitious. It might be facts that you could certainly find out online if you could just Google 1031 Tax Deferred Exchange. You can also Google capital gains on the sale of your primary residence to back up the information I'm sharing today. I just thought I'd put it out there today in the thought process you might be thinking about what are you going to do next year. Uh, Buying an investment property like a rental home or selling your current home. Uh, These will help at least get you thinking about what questions to ask when you sit down with your accountant. This is Ray Dove, Remax Real Estate with Real Estate Keeping It Simple. Hope you have a great week. 
thank you again for listening. Please feel free to share my podcast with anyone you like. I'm on all the different podcast channels. If you have any topics you'd like me to chat about, share with my other listeners, please feel free to email me at raydoveremax at gmail.com. You're also welcome to call or text me. I'm at 425-681-8630. And like always, if you're thinking about buying or selling residential real estate and you'd like to talk to someone that's been in the business for a very long time who understands all the steps and processes of how to locate and purchase and the escrow process of buying and selling residential real estate, I would love to be that real estate agent that you interview and to see if we would be a good fit and would work well together. Happy holidays and look forward to uh, discussing uh, other topics next week. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about next week yet. Uh, but I'll try to make it as uh, interesting as I possibly can. Have a great week. Thanks.